good, good morning, Lake Hills Church. It is so exciting and just crazy to be worshiping with you in this moment in this way. I wanna take just a quick moment to tell you thank you for flexing with us. Thank you for being a part of this wherever you may be tuning in, whether you're at home in your pajamas or you're in a coffee shop, this will be a worship service. This will be an incredible opportunity for us as a church, though we may not be in the same room together, to unite, to connect around the hope of the world that is Jesus. That's what this is all about. So right now, before we begin, I wanna just invite you to join me in a word of prayer and let's pray together, not only for this service, but for the church around the world that is wrestling with the same things we are. It's gonna be a great day. Also, I wanna make sure that you know, on the bottom of the page on our website, if you're watching live stream from our website, there are resources for kids to use during this service. You can go there, print them out, have them, and we're gonna be continuing to add to those as we go. But this is about church. This is about Jesus. And this is about hope. Let's pray together. Our Father and our God this morning, we thank you for the fact that you remain God, that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, that you are unshaken and unmoved by circumstances. Father, in this moment, we lift up our world, our nation. We ask God that you would use this time of worship, that you would connect and unite us with Christ followers around the world to lift you up and God that as you are lifted up you would draw people into a relationship with yourself we pray this prayer in the name of Jesus the one who is our hope and everybody said amen Amen, guys. We are excited to worship with you this morning, wherever you are. Let's sing together. Let's lift up the name of Jesus, and let's worship this morning. Come on.
Amen, guys, that song that we just sang is all about lifting up a shout of worship, a song of praise to our God in the midst of what happens around us in this world. And we wanted to, again, just take another second and address the obvious thing going on in the world right now. And at the same time, we wanted to let us as the church, sometimes we even have to remind ourselves of this, that this isn't a surprise to God, that he is in control of all things, that there's nothing in this world that is outside of his command or his control. He wasn't taken aback by this. He's not worried or anxious, and he doesn't want that for us either. The Bible actually says that he hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. We're gonna talk more about that today, but this morning, let's worship out of that today. As we continue to sing, as we continue to lift up a song of praise to our God, let's remember that he's already won the victory for eternity. And let's put our hope and our faith and our trust in him this morning as we continue to sing. Sing this up. Big 
we believe that this morning, that the battle is his, that the victory is his. Let's sing about that today. We sing this out. You take it. song. I get so fired up about it. Every time I hear it, I sometimes forget when I'm supposed to come speak right after it. You know, today our president has called for a national day of prayer. What an incredible privilege that we get to live in a nation that the whole country can participate in prayer together when we're called. If we want to, we want to. And so Wherever you may be, whatever you're doing in this moment, I wanna invite you to join us in a time of prayer, a time of prayer for our nation, a time of prayer for our world, a time of prayer for our city and community, our neighborhoods, our families, and our lives. So just right now, I wanna invite you, if you would just bow your heads and let's pray together to the great physician, the one who heals body, mind, and soul. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, in this moment, we again humbly but confidently and expectantly approach you not because we deserve it, God, but because we know in Christ we have access to the throne room. Father, I thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to connect via video when we can't connect in a room together today. And Father, again, we ask that you would unite our hearts and our minds Father, in this moment, we do pray for this world. God, this world that you created good, this world that you have entrusted to our stewardship. 
Father, we ask for your wisdom, your discernment. God, your common sense to manage our lives, to manage our cities, to manage our nation and world during a time of crisis. Father, this morning we pray for those who have already been infected with the coronavirus. We ask in Jesus' name that you would heal them. And God, not only that you would heal their bodies, but that they would feel a very real, undeniable sense of your presence right now because of these prayers being lifted up on their behalf. Father, we thank you for the fact that you have given us gifted and talented physicians, leaders. And Father, we pray that you would give them an extra measure of your grace, of your favor, wisdom, insight, and knowledge. And Father, we pray in Jesus' name that you would begin to arrest and slow the spread of this virus. Father, give us the courage to follow, to help, to be good neighbors, even when it means maybe being a good neighbor means we're not side by side. Father, we pray for our president. We pray for our elected leaders and officials that you would move through them. For our governor, for the mayor of Austin, the mayor of Lakeway and surrounding areas in this moment, Bee Cave. Father, we lift them up to you. We pray that you would sustain them. God, give us the grace to follow them, understanding that they're doing the best they can with imperfect information. And Father, we pray for your church. And in this moment, as thousands and thousands and thousands of churches do not gather on this morning, Father, may we be united in spirit, in mind, in mission to remember that the reason we exist is for those we know who don't yet know how extravagantly you love them. Father, I pray that in this crisis, you would make us more effective Give us your grace. Give us your presence, God. We pray this prayer in the name of Jesus. And everywhere, no matter where you are, everybody said, amen, amen. It's an incredible, incredible time you know, if you're watching online, we are here in the worship center with about 20, 22 folks or so, and uh, it is an odd, odd time. I want to take just a really quick but very important moment to let you know, as the church, that you should be incredibly proud and incredibly, incredibly grateful for the church staff and volunteers and leadership that you have who are making the church still the church, even though we're not gathering. We have a phenomenal crew of folks that most of the time do a pretty thankless task technologically, but today, man, they are absolutely knocking it out of the park to make this even possible. So I think all 20 of us here in the room ought to lead everybody and give a round of applause to the tech crew. If you're at home, you can clap. If you're in a coffee shop or a Starbucks, you can clap and just tell people, the joy of the Lord is my strength. It is a unique, unique time in our world. And I think there's, there's really just a few things that I wanna share with you today. There are just a few things that I wanna share with you. 
And before I get into the message, I want you to understand kind of how I am approaching this as your pastor. The book of 1 Peter, Peter tells elders in the church, overseers, pastors in the church, to care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Essentially, a pastor just means a shepherd. And I've seen pictures of shepherds, but I've never really hung out with shepherds. But I do, I have done a good bit of research on the role of a shepherd, and I think the closest parallel that I can find that we can all connect with is that a shepherd really equates to a godly, good dad. That, that's what a shepherd does. A shepherd cares for the flock, just like a father. The, the first job as a dad is to make sure that my family is safe. And then, the, you know, there's food on the table and shelter and all those kind of good things. And as your pastor, that's kind of my approach is my responsibility is to care for the flock, spiritually, obviously, but also physically. And in this moment, I think for us to not be gathered in the same place is the best way to care for the flock, for us to understand that this is kind of just unique times and there is no playbook. Believe me when I tell you, we never covered pandemics in seminary. <laughs> that was never on the course curriculum. So we're all making this up as we go along. The first and last prayer of my day is for wisdom and discernment, to, to make decisions as things change and evolve. We've been working with local officials, city government, state government, I've been in close contact with pastors here in Austin, throughout the city, but also across the country. And it's been an incredible, incredible encouragement to talk to these other shepherds, these other spiritual dads, as they've been trying, we've been trying to figure out what do you do when your church can't come together on Sunday morning? And some churches have chosen to gather. Some churches have chosen not to. And what I've kind of decided is I'm going to give grace to everybody because nobody has perfect information all the time. And everybody's context is different based on where they're located in the country. Some, some schools are canceled and closed. Some schools are on spring break, like here in Austin. Others have closed and shut down. And so we're just deciding to pray for God's wisdom and to be the best neighbor we can possibly be in our community and we're gonna make the best decision we can with the information we have at hand when we have to make those decisions. So that's kind of our, our approach, that's my heart behind the decisions that we're making. I'll tell you right now, some of you are probably thinking, well, what are we gonna do next weekend? So am I, I don't know. We're gonna handle this one step at a time together as the family of faith. There's a passage of scripture that I wanna share with you, not only for today, but as we continue through this season, this episode, if it lasts a couple of days or a couple, I don't know, we don't know how long this is gonna go on. But there's an incredible passage in the Bible in 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter one, Paul, the apostle Paul, is writing to his young pastoral protege, Timothy. And this is what he says to the pastor Timothy. He says, God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, Timothy, but of power, love, and self-discipline. God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity. We, we don't need to cower in the corner because of coronavirus. We have been given a spirit of power, of love, and self-discipline. Now, I wanna say something about fear just for a second because I think there's a lot of uncertainty and a lot of unknown out there. While we don't have a spirit of fear, it is okay sometimes to be afraid. I, I like what my wife Julie says to fearless mom. You can be afraid and not act afraid. And, and that's entirely appropriate as a pastor. As a husband and a father, I've got some fear of the unknown. I, I don't want anyone that I love, I don't want anyone 
to, to get sick or, or anything like that. But the reality is we live in a fallen world. People get sick. Things happen that we wish didn't happen. And it's okay to, to say, I wish that didn't happen. I, I wish we could all be in the same room together today. But it doesn't mean that we have to be fearful all the time. We, we don't take on a spirit of fear and like everything, the sky is falling. Because the reality is that God is still God. Jesus Christ is still the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's not surprised by coronavirus. God did not wake up. On December 31st, when the nation of China alerted the World Health Organization to the coronavirus, God did not wake up and go, coronavirus, what? God knew this was coming, and he knew how to lead us through that. And so that's our prayer, is that we would be leadable by the Holy Spirit of God, that we would follow his leading through this crisis and it is a crisis. There, there is a, a lot of unknown. I remember when our daughter Emily was about six months old, her tear ducts were, were clogged up. And, and I didn't even know that this was something that happens to babies. But man, Emily, it, those of you who know Emily, you know she's got some pipes. She, she, can, she can sing. Well, when she was six months old, those pipes, when she, when she would get upset or cry, just wah, I mean, she, she can go but her tear ducts would not produce tears. And so we went to a pediatric ophthalmologist who told us we were gonna have to do surgery on our daughter. Well, he was gonna have to do surgery. I didn't do it. But I'll never forget the day of the surgery. The, the anesthesiologist comes in, and, and Emily's just kind of there. She's six months old. She's not even walking yet. And the anesthesiologist comes in, and gives her a little shot. She wasn't really happy about the shot, but as the, as the medicine started to kind of take effect and she started to get a little loopy, I'm just gonna tell you, if you've never been through this, a six-month-old who starts to begin to feel the effects of anesthesia, it is really funny. It's absolutely hysterical. And, and everything was cool, and she kind of started to go through the, the process of, of going under for the surgery, and she, she fell asleep appropriately. Everything was going well. And Julie and I were standing there and we were kind of laughing at her getting kind of loopy in the, in the hospital room. And then a couple of nurses came in and these nurses walked in and, and they said, well, we're gonna, we're gonna take her back for surgery right now. And we said, okay. And all of a sudden they started to, they started to wheel the gurney that had my six month old daughter on it away from me. And, and I, I watched her, and, and like with every revolution of the wheels, I, I, felt, I felt more and more control slipping away until finally they, they went through these huge double doors. And the gurney kept rolling, and then the doors closed, and Julie and I stood there and just watched them go down another long hall and around a corner into the operating room. Man, I... I have never felt that kind of helplessness before. And just for the record, if maybe I don't know you very well or you don't know me, I don't do helpless well at all. Julie and I went to the waiting room, sat there, prayed like we'd never prayed before. This was a routine surgery, but as you know, nothing's routine if it's you or particularly if it's your child. And sure enough, about 45 minutes later, the doctor came back through the door. Everything had gone well. She was in recovery, doing great. And she's now 25 years old and can cry at the drop of a hat. It's great. <laughs> but I've never forgotten that, that feeling of helplessness. And, and I, I think most of us don't do real well with, with feeling helpless. But I think that's why we come back to what we know in the Bible, because God always tells us the truth. God always tells us in the Bible what's real. What can we build our lives on? And the truth of the matter is we're not given a spirit of fear, but we are given a spirit of power, of love, and self-discipline. 
And one of the things that I love about this verse, I love that word power. I want to invite you right here, if you're in the room or if you're at home watching, just say the word power with me. One, two, three, power. Power. That's a good one. I think it'd be great right now. If you're at home, don't do this if you're in a coffee shop or a public place, but if you're at home by yourself, just kind of look at somebody or just do it in the mirror and just go, I got the power. Just do that real quick. Power. You're welcome. That's a great word. Did you know that that word in the original Greek that the New Testament was written in, that word power is dunamis. It's dunamis. Just say dunamis. One, two, three. Dunamis. It's the same word that we get the word dynamite from. Dynamite. That we have that kind of explosive, Holy Spirit, God-given power available to us. God gives that to anyone who follows Christ. Elsewhere in the New Testament, it says that the same power that raised Christ from the dead is available to us. See, this is why what we believe really matters because what we believe determines how we behave. And the fact is, if I believe that I shouldn't have a spirit of fear because God is still God and he loves me, he will never leave me nor forsake me. God promises, he promises to work all things for good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. It's a promise from God. Then I can access that power, that, that dynamite, explosive power of the Holy Spirit. And so I don't need to cower in the corner. I, I, can, I can walk in that kind of power, that kind of confidence, even when I don't know the end game. The Bible says that your word, Scripture, is a lamp to my feet. We just take one step. I, all I know is that we're going to gather to worship online today. One of the things that is so unsettling, I think, about coronavirus is how fast the news changes. Just for example, Friday morning of this week, I came up to the church to record a video that we were going to send out to everybody, and I was here about 8.15, recorded it, one take, boom, gone. By 10.30, it was already out of date. I had to come back and record another one. Things are changing all the time, very very, very quickly. But we need to remember that his word, scripture, is a lamp to our feet. I don't know what the next six steps look like for us as a nation, as the world, as a community, as a church, in our family. But I know that this morning, I would be nowhere else but worshiping with you. I would be nowhere else but connecting, even by technology. How great is it that we live in a day and an age when we can do this? We've been given a spirit of power. We've been given a spirit of love. Whatever you believe about who God is and what he does, begin with the fact that God is love. God is love. There's no love apart from God. He is the source of all love in the world. And as followers of Christ, as the body of Christ in this world, we are the primary vehicle for the love of God. For the love of God. And, and so as a church, one of the things that we are working diligently on behind the scenes is how do we best love our community, our city, our world during this time? How do we step into people's uncertainty? How do we step into people's hurt? How do we step into people who can't necessarily fend for themselves, maybe who are gonna experience economic hardship? All of those things are top of mind and heart for us as a church. We're already looking at ways to ramp up our Mobile Loaves and Fishes partnership with people in our area, in this city, who are under-resourced. We're looking for ways to step in and be the body of Christ in people's lives, right where they are, right at their deepest point of need. Because we've been given this spirit of love. And it's important that you understand 
The love that is used here, when, when Paul uses this word, he uses the highest form of love known in the world. You see, we, we talk about love a lot. There, there's, man, I, I, I love Pop-Tarts. I, I love the Dallas Cowboys or whomever. But Paul uses the word agape, agape love. This is God love, the highest form. It is that unconditional, perfect, never changing, always working kind of love. Agape love is what he's talking about here. And, and this is what we've been given in order to give to other people. So we, we don't cower in the corner. We, we have that power, that dunamis. We have the love. But then he says, we've also been given a spirit of self-discipline. Some translations say a spirit of a sound mind. A sound mind. That we don't freak out because the world is freaking out. Listen, the world will continue to freak out. Don't worry about it. That, that's going to happen. That's what the world does. But when you and I remember that we worship, we follow the King of kings and the Lord of lords, we don't have to freak out. I want you to turn to somebody that you're with right now and tell them, hey, don't freak out. <laughs> don't freak out. We've been given a spirit of self-discipline. So, so what do we do? That, that discipline, man, is a gift from God. The, the discipline. Can I tell you one of the things that I think would really, really help everybody? is if we got really disciplined about when we check the news. To be really intentional and deliberate. Man, remember when, when I was a kid, I remember we had three networks. Three networks, and because I lived in Houston, a big city, we had a couple of other channels, Channel 39 and Channel 26. We even had a PBS station. But now, there is so much information, so much bandwidth coming at us. And not all of it is always helpful. I would encourage you, check the news two, maybe three times a day. That, that's all it really takes. It's not going to change that much, minute to minute, hour to hour. This morning when I woke up, about 5.45, I got up and I started looking at the news and there was absolutely nothing new this morning that I didn't know when I went to bed last night. Now, it's important to stay apprised of the news. It's important to know what's going on and to know how to respond. But it's also important to keep a sound mind, to be discerning about the news that we consume. Who are your sources? I'll tell you who I love. I love the guy who works with the National Institute of Health, Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci is a hoss of hoss. I mean, he is, he's a force of nature, isn't he? I, I love this guy, 79 years old. Whatever he's doing, that's what I want to do. And, and he's just very matter of fact. He, he's somebody that I think you can rely on for reputable, apolitical, straight information news. Dr. Fauci, F-A-U-C-I. Dr. Fauci. He's a good guy. But be discerning. Be disciplined in how you receive information. Social media is not the place to go every five minutes. It never has been, but especially now. You want to talk about freaking out? <laughs> Just, whew, it's going to be fine. Remember, God is still God. He's still on the throne. He's given us a spirit of self-discipline. 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 It's an amazing time that we live in. And, and I want to share with you one more thing that's just kind of from my heart to yours. I'm actually strangely excited. Not, not because people are sick. That, that's, that's a horrible thing. Not because people are scared. I hate when anyone is afraid. But I'm strangely excited about the opportunity for us, the church, the body of Christ, to speak hope 
and life into people's lives during this season. To be the ones who don't freak out, to be the ones who don't have that spirit of fear and timidity. <laughs> but, but to stand strong, to stand unafraid, to stay in touch with people. And when you think about somebody that you know is struggling, send them a text message. Reach out to them and say, hey, just thinking about you, I love you. Just want you to know, I know it's a hard time right now. I'm praying for you. You will be blown away at how far God will multiply just a simple act like that. Because here's the deal. When it's all said and done, the only constant in the world is Jesus Christ. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus. If you're just tuning in to Lake Hills Church for the first time, Jesus is kind of what it's all about. That's who we are. He is the reason we get up. He's the reason we exist. And if maybe you're one of those folks that has never stepped into a relationship with God, maybe you've heard about God, you've, you've thought about God, you, you know that maybe there is a God, we want to give you the opportunity to begin a relationship with that God. It, it, may, it may shock you to know that you don't have to be at church to have a relationship with God. We believe that gathering when we can gather helps, but ultimately it's about your heart and the heart of God. It, it's about believing that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God, that he is who he claimed to be, that he came to earth as one of us, walked around, talked, laughed, grieved, celebrated, ultimately, so that he could die on a cross. Because on the cross, we believe, because of scripture, he became our sin. He took on himself my sin and yours. Everything that you've ever done that you're ashamed of, he took on himself. And he did it knowing what came next. He did it knowing that he would pay the penalty for our sin, that he would die. And he did. He died there on that Roman cross 2,000 years ago, taking the penalty that's rightly mine and yours. Not just a physical death, but a spiritual separation from God. And so God the Son died, separated from God the Father. But he knew what came next after that. Because after that, he did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves, and he rose from the dead. The power, the dunamis of God raised Jesus from the dead. And when Jesus left that tomb, he left with the promise and the offer of new life for anyone who would follow him. Anyone. And so we want to give you the opportunity to accept that offer, to claim that promise. And all it requires is a willing heart. That's it. You don't have to pass a test. It just requires submitting, surrendering every part of your life to the only one who will never take advantage of your submitting or your surrender. Because he loves you perfectly. He loves you as is and he loves you too much to leave you where you are. If you've never accepted that reality, if you've never owned it personally, we wanna invite you to do it right now. Even watching on your phone or a laptop or a desktop somewhere, I wanna invite you to pray. The folks who are here in the room with me, we're gonna be praying with you, for you. Everyone else, if you're watching and you have 
made that commitment, I invite you to be praying right now with everything that you have for those people that God is stirring, that he's tapping on the shoulder and saying, this is your time. If that's you, then I wanna invite you to pray just silently right where you're sitting right now. Just silently talk to God from your heart to his and say something like this. Just say, Jesus, I need you. I know that I need the forgiveness of my sin. And I believe that you provide that. I believe that you are who you say you are, that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died on the cross for me. And I choose to believe that you rose again to offer me a new life. And Jesus, right now, I accept that personally. And I commit to follow you from this moment forward with everything that I have, with everything that I am. Jesus, thank you. I pray this prayer in your name. Amen. Very quickly, if that was your prayer, man, we are so excited with you. That moment in your life and, and others like it, that's why we exist as a church. And I want you to know that we wanna help with what's next because this is just a beginning. Probably the best way that we can help you is through our church app. You may be watching via the app or not have it. You can go to any app store and just download Lake Hills Church. On the app, there's a thing called the Connect Card that will allow you to connect with us electronically so that we can help with what's next. If you want to, you can send us a message through Facebook or Instagram, on Instagram we're at LHCATX, but we want to help with what's next. As we conclude this time together this morning, I want to say again, thank you, thank you, thank you for being that kind of a church that can flex as situations change. And before I let you go, I wanna just mention to you three things, if you would, just three things that I wanna just invite you to join Julie and me and our staff over the next few days and however long this goes. Number one, pray, pray. The Bible says in Philippians chapter four that the peace of God will guard your heart and your mind as you pray. When you get fearful, when you start to get a little anxious, pray a prayer of thanksgiving. Pray for the people around you. Pray for your city. Pray for our president, our elected leaders, our mayor, our governor. They're making hard, hard decisions. So pray. Second of all, as your pastor, I wanna ask you to continue your faithful giving. The ministries of our church do not stop just because we're not gathering on the weekend. And so your faithful tithing and giving will allow us to continue the ministries that God has called us to here in Austin and beyond. There's a lot of unknown and I understand that. But I believe with everything that I have, if we will continue to tithe as God continues to give to us his resources, we will be better and stronger through this personally and collectively as a church. And then number three, connect. Just connect in whatever way that you can. Connect with the church through social media. We're gonna continue to update what we're doing, where we're going, what's going on. 
but it's also a way for us to connect really and truly with each other personally. So pray, continue to give, and connect. And in the meantime, I want you to know, I say this to you every week, but I really especially mean it this week. Julie and I love you. We are praying for you. We're praying with you. And in the midst of the storm, we pray that you have a great week and that God blesses you. Have a great week. Awesome. Hey, we're going to sing this out as we close today about the Waymaker God that we have. Come on, let's sing this together. Waymaker, come on. You are Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Come on, sing that. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel.